This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. This is your boy, Coop. And I'm here along with my best pals, minus Rob and Pat. We've got Sammy in the house. and We've also got Gordo here for a Who Says No to wrap up. A positive weekend. It ended on a, a crappy note, uh, but I would say positive weekend. You went into San Diego. I mean, this series was penciled on the calendar probably since November that this would be the reunion date between Xander Bogarts and the Boston Red Sox, and things went the Red Sox way. I, I don't think anyone would have envisioned this happening back in November, December, January, uh, heck, even up into April. But the Red Sox kind of just rolled through the third highest payroll in baseball. And they're not the best team in baseball right now. That, that has to be mentioned. They're fourth. I don't know if they slipped to fifth during that series against the Red Sox in the NL West. But the Padres were no match for the Red Sox. This is Brad Foe show. I should have mentioned that we're we're powered by McFarland. We're we're in the house, right? Right? I think Chris Sale is also powered by McFarland and oh, James Paxton might be as well. So he yeah. he tends to scream stuff on the mound. I know he's not always mic'd up, but when he comes off of a one, two, three inning, I know he is screaming into that glove. McFarland. And you know when you see that Nesson camera shot of Chris Sale with two strikes against Soto and he's grunting to himself, you know that McFarlane is just building up inside so he can just let it out when he blows 98 right by him. Coming across oh. the middle on the mid to or the late 2000s, early 2010s Ravens. I'll say the late 2000s Ravens. Uh, I'm not going to give the early 2010s Ravens that much credit. Uh, but coming across the middle on that team, uh, pitching against the or hitting against the 2013 Detroit Tigers um, and facing Chris Sale, maybe the scariest things that you can do in sports. Um, I know I wouldn't want to come across the middle on Ed Reed, uh, but I also would not want to face a backdoor slider with two strikes on me. I can tell you that much. No, I just don't want to look at that face. No, I just like that, that face, like he could throw anything there. Like even when he was pitching like crap at the beginning, like you look at that face, I just, I want no part of it. Isn't it unbelievable that like, not most people, but a lot of people gave up on the seven time all-star after one. I was almost there. I, yeah, this, this entire podcast was pretty close now. I've never been close. I mean, and again, it's kind of like concerned concerned for sure, but I'm never like, Never for a second, I was like, this is him now. But, like, what are you going to do anyway? You got to, you're paying him. You got to, you had to ride it out. That was a good, yeah. From the start, you had to ride it out. Yeah. Like, even even if that continued. Yeah. I never thought he would be that, that just absolute pumpkin that he was in April. There's no way. I mean, his mechanics were all over the place. The guy's done it for years and years, just coming off of surgery and a bunch of weird injuries. He just needed some time and he looks friggin' awesome. But the, the promising thing, I don't know if anyone else just saw the bird swoop by in my window. That just freaked me the hell out. Right. But the promising thing during all of that, and I think the thing that did keep us on board was that his pitch velocity, the movement on his pitches, like they were all still there. And his velocity is, I would say it's more than back. Like we're talking about Chris yeah. Sale being back to something that he can resemble from 2019. His yeah. velocity is 2018, 2017 Chris Sale my stuff. 90s. Consistent. I love it. Consistent high 90s. He's locating the changeup. That slider is 
disgusting. That might be the biggest thing, Sammy, is that is he's locating that changeup and he's not afraid to throw it in important spots. I mean, Chris Sale back with like the White Sox was not necessarily like when he was starting, he was not necessarily like this high 90s guy. Like his strikeout to walk ratio was fantastic. He could dot every one of his pitches. And then when he got to the Red Sox, he dialed it up a little bit. So we all remember him as this super high velocity guy. And it's kind of what he is again, like 97, all like pretty much all game we saw 95 to 97. We were not really seeing the 92s, 93s that we saw like occasionally, like against Detroit, like we saw a little bit of that. But like for the most part, even from the start, 95, like that was there. And then more recently, 98, we've seen 99. It's, it's crazy. I, I really like if you'd asked me about this in the winter, I don't. I definitely would not have told you that we would see 98 miles an hour from Chris Sale. And you know what's great is that these last three outings, you could even go last four outings when he's dominated, all been against good teams. Padres, Cardinals, Phillies, Cleveland. I know that some of those teams are cold, but come on. These are good teams. At least they have good lineups. And um, Coop, you're muted. I was about to say, those are all playoff teams, and those are all teams that they made threatening runs yep. last year in the post. I mean, the Cardinals, not so much. They had an early exit, but their September was so much fun. And yeah. they're now, and they've, they've got a lineup. Since playing the Red Sox, since playing the Red Sox, they've catapulted up the NL Central. Yeah, people yeah, actually thought, like crazy. That, people thought that was a bad team. Like they had yeah. a cold start. My God, look at who they have. That's a good team. And Sale dominated. You have the two highest game. wars. Or some of the highest wars in the league at your corner infield. Like you're gonna have a good team. And Sale goes eight innings, three hits, nine Ks <laughs> versus those guys. That's nuts. That was the Cardinals start, not the most recent one, but still. And wow. with this lineup, that's all you need out of Chris Sale. I mean, we we didn't see it against the Cardinals. We saw it this weekend against the Padres that when that guy's on and when these bats are able to produce, it, it should be a dub every time for that guy on the mound. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really good after this series. It stunk to end it on a loss. Now, one of the big Red Sox podcasters was talking about this, how when you win a series but lose the last one, it's so weird to podcast because you're like, man, we just lost. But also, we did win in the big picture. So I'm feeling good. A lot of, a lot of positives to take away from this series, but a few negatives, which we'll get to. I'll take two out of three. I'll take three out of four every time. If we got to lose that last game, so be it. So just as long as they can roll into the next series, you know, fresh and ready to win again. And I made that point today. Someone had someone had commented on one of Brad Foe's tweets about Cassis. Uh, like, why do we have a 120-something batter in the third slot of this lineup? And it's because, I mean, like we said, we're, we're dating ourselves here with our episodes. We were still on with Chris Sale, not fully out on him. We're still on the developmental Red Sox. We're out of the Mid Sox. I'm done with the Mid Sox name. I don't know about you guys. This isn't the Mid Sox, despite being fourth place in the AL East. They're they're a lot better than Mid. We'll see. Not a lot better, but they're they're better than Mid. They're solid. They're not. They're not. uh, I mean, I said 84 wins. I'm sticking to that. I'm I'm so on the same page as you, Coop, with the development. I wouldn't even if they trade James Paxson at the deadline. Fine with me. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I got ripped for that one. My God. Is, nothing against Paxton. He's great, but I mean, right now you get a lot more for Paxton than what you get for Kluber, in my opinion. You get nothing. Oh, God, not even close. You have you so much more upward no potential would, with no Paxton after what we've seen from him. You might not giving anything for Kluber. You might have to pay another team to take Kluber. He's so well, bad. You could you could the Red Sox the are kings contract. of getting other people to like just buy out contracts. It, typically, like it's not a great trade for us, but we're able to get people to pick up contracts. I, I've noticed that. They did offload Jake Diekman. That did happen. Yeah. And he well, had a whole nother year left. And now Diekman's with the Rays, so... He got rocked. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. He got, he it's going to turn into like absolute gem in there. Give it uh, time. He'll be, he'll be nasty. I know it. We all know it. No, so, uh, but Sammy, the, the James Paxson thing, I you made me think. And obviously, like... It, the, the the easy answer is it just depends on where the team's at at that point. Like if they're if they're at this stage and you know they're playing really well and there's a lot of good teams like they're within a half game of a wild card or whatever, but they look good. You're not you're not subtracting from that. Like you're, yeah. even if you're even even if if you're developing, which we all know that like this year in the end is a developmental year, but you're not subtracting from it if you're that close to a playoff spot. Like unless you're getting some sort of game-changing haul, which even if James Paxton pitches really well, I don't think you're going to get. Yes. Yeah, Do I, we? Ooh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I agree. Yeah. I mean, if they're if they're going to 
lose a few, win a few, and they're only like five, six games over 500 at the deadline like they are now, I would I would be fine trading him. But if they keep on building this record to go further and further away from 500, it's going to get harder and harder to uh, to trade him. But yeah, I, I, I get that. People were like, well, if they're good, why would you trade him? I'm like, I, it makes sense. I understand. But he's almost 35. He could be gone tomorrow and none of us would be shocked. Like the injury bug, how quickly people forget. Now he's the second best pitcher on the team. He's pitched 11 <laughs> innings. My God, he could be, it, it, would anyone be shocked if he throws an inning next start and then they take him out and we never see him again. That's what I'm afraid of. That's why I'm saying trade him, get something that you know is of value. Even if it doesn't help this year, maybe it helps next year. I'm just being very conservative with the way um, I want to see the team run. And I know people hate that. Uh, so yeah, I understand the the backlash, but it, it has nothing to do with who Paxton is as a baseball player. He's very good, and that's why I think you could get something for him. I think I think you'd be you'd be spot on if we just if we had anything resembling a rotation to plug and play for him. Like if you trade James Paxton, you're pretty much saying like, "Let's go, Kluber!" Like we well, believe I'm, in you. <laughs> I mean, you could go sale. Bayo, Hauk, Whitlock, Cutter, and then you—you you still. I know. I know we hate this, but Pavetta's still there. It's not like they're out of guys. The the, the biggest issue there is nothing in AAA right now. Oof, nothing. Yeah, all those all those depth guys that we thought. So I was about to say, if we do any trade for Paxton, like it, it needs to be at the very least a AAA arm that you know that you can stick in there and like. Will they pan out? Will they not pan out? You at least have something incubating down there that maybe a September call up, who knows? Yeah. Or maybe even next year when you're really trying to build that rotation into what it can look like for maybe the next three years, then you do have a possibility. Can you imagine though, what a team like the Cardinals or the Phillies, Phillies, great idea. I think Pat actually mentioned the Phillies. Can you imagine what they'd give up if Paxton has like a 3.5 ERA at the time of the deadline, like three and a half, and that's who they think will get him over the hump? Dave Dombrowski will give you his kidney for anything, really. Will Dave Dombrowski play ball with the Red Sox, though? That's the one thing. I don't know if he will. That's so petty. My God, do what you need to do to make your team win. If he really operates like that, that's so like... If you're in first place, you can operate that. I know. That's why. Yeah, but look at them right now. And normally I'd be like, oh, that's that's silly. Like, come on, why would why would he not do that? But the Noah Song thing, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this guy really is petty. He is. I I just I does that benefit you like in the long run? Like I know you I know they won like an ANL like pennant last year, but and they had a they had a sacrifice like a 40 man spot for Noah Song, did they not? Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't understand how the rule five with the injury. List. I'm almost positive they had a sacrifice to, for. Yeah, they, they're well. They're supposed to have to sacrifice a 26 man too, but he's on the injured list. Like he has to be. What is it? He has to be on the active roster for the. Was it? Is it almost the entire year? Or is it the entire year? I think I knew that he had to be on the opening day roster to avoid like the like I think the 26 man. <laughs> You have to accrue a certain amount of time. And there's some loophole where if you're on the injured list, like you don't have to actually be on the 26 man, but he does have to accrue enough time. Otherwise, like if he's on the injured list all year, they're going to have to go by the same rules next year. Look at Coop digging this up. I'm digging it up right now. I need to know the three months. I don't want to speculate. That's bad radio. um, Alex, that's all right. This is podcasting. We can do uh, bad radio through podcasting. Live um, update that everyone tomorrow uh, will know when they hear this, but Alex Cora says that Corey Kluber will remain in the rotation. Okay, well, that's he good did. to know. Yeah, good. He did win two <laughs> Young Awards one time. <laughs> All right, Dave Dombrowski plucked him from the Red Sox organization in the Rule 5 process. This is also a WEI article, so way to be a company man, Coop. The Phillies need to keep Song on the Major League roster, even as a member of the injured list on the 40-man roster, or be forced to expose the hurler to waivers. If no team claims him, he would be offered back to the Red Sox. So essentially, like what they were doing is they're eating a 40-man roster just to keep away Noah Song from the Red Sox. I I wish they would make the like the draft and like all these like different like rule five stuff much more clear. Like I understand there's a lot of personnel that you're bringing into an organization. But I don't think anyone actually cares about the MLB draft, mainly because you never know 
when someone will pan out. But it's also, so- no one ha- no one knows what the hell is going on. Yeah, like there's a it's we have the winter draft, we have the draft at the All Star game that they weirdly do. Also, you can't trade in baseball. That's insane. That's that so, is insane. That's so the worst part. Bad marketing miss by them. Can you imagine if you could trade draft picks? I know people don't care about the MLB draft, but just it would just make things a little more interesting. It's the only sport where you can't do it. Like you can't trade draft picks. That's so crazy to me. The more you think about it, the more crazy it sounds. And more would trades would happen. Out. If they if you could trade draft picks more, like you'd get more trade deadline moves, you get more winter moves. Like think about it. The draft is happening at the all like you'd get pre All-Star break trades. Because yeah, teams but, would be I, trading draft picks. But that's great. A, like I think it turns into like the NFL where like you're trading all these draft picks and everything, and you might get teams that take advantage of that and like where you're the Oakland A's. And you're just kind of like, oh, well, we don't really need anyone here because we're moving cities. We're doing a fresh restart. Um, we don't really care about our fans to begin with. Let's just trade all these guys, pick up a bunch of draft picks, and we'll see where it goes from there. And Coop, they inevitably, do that anyway. They yeah, do but anyway. like, okay, but like, I, I don't, I think, I see it as just like digging a bigger hole. I don't see teams digging themselves out of that and like, you don't even see NFL teams dig themselves out of that. And even with the MLB draft where you don't know where, when, or how guys will pan out, like it's just like a crapshoot. There's no way that you can do trades in baseball and have it benefit your organization. It's, it's also, I'm kind of contradicting myself now. It's also not like the draft in baseball is so much less exciting by a mile compared to the other three sports of the big four. So, Unless you're paying attention to college baseball, it, but even then, yeah, even, like, even these guys then, aren't these guys. These guys aren't going to help you right away. Like we we draft Marcelo Meyer after the 2020 season, and we're talking about oh yeah, if we're lucky, we'll see him at the end of 2024. Like yeah. that's why it's hard. It's hard to get excited about that. Like it's like the people like us, like we get excited about it, but like everyone else, is like who cares? I think I would say the most excited people got for a draft of recent memory was 2021 when they had Kumar Rocker and all these Vandy guys like go. It was that 2021. That was the last. There was two. He was Rocker in, was both. Yeah, oh, that's right. Because the Mets drafted him and he was like, but you're that was a bad example 21. to use then. Yeah. But 2021. Like Jack Leiter. But like the thing is, I think we knew all these guys and how great they were because we were watching college baseball in the pandemic. We were like, this is, this is what we can get. Like we, we can't watch baseball right now. We're going to be watching college baseball because that's going on right now. Strangely. So, Maybe we got to know those guys a little bit more and maybe we were more into them. I don't know. No, I think you're right. And I also think it, part of it is like as Sox fans, we saw our team stunk that in 2020. So like we were like, okay, who, who's yeah. there? So it's we're a little bit of both. A little bit of both, I think. So it's like if you're a big market team and you're really bad, then your fan base will be excited for the draft. Otherwise, it's like, I don't yep. know. I, I don't see the role. I don't see Kansas City Royals fans getting excited about the MLB draft. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Patrick I don't either. is hyped for the draft. All he does is talk MLB draft. He's a big MLB draft guy. People forget his dad, his dad was a baseball player. For the Sox, dude. For the yeah. Sox, dude. Yeah, yeah he um, to Boston, baby. I, I yeah. wanted to uh, take the uh, temperature of the room. Um, were you guys, like, happy? Or somewhere in between happy and sad to see Xander go 0 for 11 this series? I didn't feel anything. I'll be on Like we, we prefaced this episode going in, marking it on our calendars. It's the Padres, Red Sox series, whatnot. Whoop-de-whoop. By the time Friday night hit, I, well, partly it was the Celtics, but by the time Friday night hit, I, I didn't care at all about the whole Xander Bogarts narrative. Like I've seen him play enough in a Padres uniform. I've seen all the pictures, his introductory press, like, I'm dead to it. I'm dead to the whole, like, he's gone. I know he's gone. The Will Fleming put out a picture today of the two Devers and Xander catching up for a little bit longer than everyone else behind second base. And I was still, like, I looked at that and I was kind of like, whatever. It doesn't do anything. Like, it stinks. It was, but uh, we're playing well. They're not. I did. I did like when Devers moonwalked after that home run and Xander was like, <laughs> kind of laughing like ah oh, that's my boy. I would he wants to be here. Xander wants to be here. Can we let's even though we're over Xander, I don't think Xander's over us. 
I don't want to speculate. It's so depressing. It's so depressing to see him on the, nothing against the Padres or Padres fans, but like, it's just so like, the energy is not the same. And everyone points to their, their winter weekend thing. Look how many people, it was free. That's why there were so many people. And they have yeah, an all they, they could have packed Fenway Park in the middle of winter if they really wanted to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, so I, 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 I'm kind of on the same page as you, kind of emotionless. I did like that one, like I said, but overall, thank God he didn't go off. We would be so annoyed right now with all the yeah, people. That's, when that's when bases were loaded with him up, or bases were, he didn't load the bases. He, with Kluber in the first inning or second inning uh, of the he Sunday game. He took a game. walk, right? He took he a took walk in that spot? Yeah, he just went for a stroll. But I was very scared in that because that's that's a situation in where in Boston you see him come through so many times, yeah. And that was still at the point where you weren't completely sold mm-hmm. on uh, Kluber. You're kind of hoping for a nice little appearance from him, and luckily it was just a walk. But after that, everything else sucked. But yeah, in that moment where Xander's up with bait, like men on, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. How many times have we seen that? Like, you know the damage he can do. Like, that's the part that stinks that you know you don't have anymore. Well, where I'm at on this is, like, you guys talk about emotionless. I feel like I'm not emotionless. I'm just, like, emotionally confused because it's, like, I, I love Xander. I love Don. I want those guys to, like, be happy and have, like, great rest of their careers and everything like that. But, like, I, I think I'm... I'm happy he went hitless. It's like, like we won two out of the three and he went hitless. We're winning the breakup, but like, and they're under 500, but like, I don't like, it's not like I'm like, like when, when good example, when Kyrie Irving left the Celtics, like I hate that guy. Like I want to see him lose every game and ruin every team he's ever a part of. Like, so I'm like watching those games and like rooting against him. I'm hate rooting and everything like Xander. It's like, I'm like emotionally like, unsure what to do like i was devastated when i watched the press conference and i was devastated when i saw him getting i think he had at least a couple of hits in his first game like those were hard this was not hard and maybe it's because we're fine and like they've been pretty bad but like i I don't know i just really had no idea how to feel i was happy the red sox took two out of three i was happy that xander didn't hit three home runs and we had to like listen to all the the hot takes in local and national media like things of this series went fine for us and I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm not happy to see Xander fail. I'm happy we don't have to hear about him you know, yes. in the Red Sox ass or something. Same with, actually, when it, good job, Red Sox fans. I didn't see too much Michael Waka, you know, we love you, you should be here still, like this is crazy. A little you're bit. Right. But like he pitched no, you're right. But I think people understand, like, it wasn't as simple as you either get Kluber or Waka. It was like, you can get Kluber for cheap for a year, or you can, what is it, four years, 26 million? Um, that for deal Walker. is so weird. It's like, it's, really it's weird. like, it's Back like mode. six million a year, but like the last three years of it are player options. Yeah, there's a player option, a mutual option, 
and I think a club option. I think they have like all three. It's a, it's a really weird contract. It's a, Apple, it's but a it's wacky deal. Too much, and it didn't fit the Red Sox timeline. I liked him, um, but again, there's also a reason that he was on the free agent market until like the very, very end. So I'm 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 fine with him. Agreed. Diego, hope he does well. I, he's been doing well. He's had back-to-back performances now where he just shuts people out. It, it would be nice to have here. It would be nice to have yeah. him factored into the whole starting rotation issue of we have too many guys because when you have a guy like him, well, the decision becomes easy with Kluber. I mean, in that situation, I don't think Kluber is actually here if he's here. But it, it does make things easier. And that's what I like that. I was hoping we would take this turn because his last start where I saw Waka go, what, seven no hit, seven perfect? He he lost the no hitter in the eighth. It might have been a perfect game, but he had 11 strikeouts. So he was yeah, freaking it, it, that, dominant. What this team needs, I, and I'm I'm an old style baseball fan where I think like any successful team is like, you just need guys to eat up at least six innings. Like that's even like, I used to be like, oh, you need your starter to get to the seventh. And that used to be the mantra of baseball. And that's why I love seeing guys like Waka and you don't really see Verlander and Scherzer do it too much anymore, but they try and get to that seventh inning. But when you see guys like Chris Sale go out there and now routinely put up seven innings, like that's such a secure feeling as like a Red Sox like follower or a baseball fan in general. Like if you can have your starter just go out there and whether it's messy or not, get you seven innings, like such a that's massive absolutely massive now too like when it happens it's it's like uh holy crap this guy oh in the fifth yeah i I had to make like a pulling back the curtain on the we sock wei socks booth account which you should go follow when i have to make those like players of the game graphics and i made the one for bayo a couple of weeks ago uh it was like i was like oh bayo had a dominant performance we're gonna put this in and I'm putting in like the stat line. It's like six innings pitched, five Ks. I don't know, no walks, one run. And then, like Different. he's the player of the game, but it's also kind of like that's such a boring stat line compared to what we saw growing up. Yeah, it, it times have changed big time. But hey, that's that's why I stood up for Nick Pavetta all off season, saying you can't take this guy out of the rotation. Egg on my face. My God, has he been bad? But. Um, yeah, man, those six innings, if you can go six, you're also saving the bullpen. I mean, I don't want to make a direct correlation, but John Schreiber got a bit overused last year, and now we're missing him for three months, I believe Dr. Pat said. So um, it matters for more than just in the game. It matters for keeping the bullpen healthy and not overusing those guys. Yeah, that was Schreiber. Was, Especially here. Schreiber was, he was making an all-star game bid, like in that like period of what, June? Up until when he got hurt, it, yeah, he was looking phenomenal. He was looking phenomenal at the beginning of this year. Uh, I mean, that's that's why it's nice to have guys like Winkowski in the pen. I Winkowski, yeah. I I think I'm here to say Winkowski is now my new favorite pen. He's on. a guy. He, he's hey, a guy. hey, Winkowski, he's a he's a dude. I he's see him on the street. I see him walk into the men's room. I'm like, yeah, he's a dude. <laughs> He's a guy. You go follow him into the men's room, Coop. I follow him into the men's room. I'm like, hey man, tap him on the shoulder when he's up at the inner. I'm like, hey, you're a dude, you know? You're a guy. Hey, I don't know if you know this, uh, Wink, but you're a guy. So, Guy Winkowski, we got in the Ben Intendi trade. Let's take a wild guess how Ben Intendi's doing. How many home runs do we think he's got this year? Uh, He had an RBI this today. Wow, he singled. Wow. He singled to Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, that is his, that's his twelfth RBI this year. That's big. Uh, he has no home runs. He has how many extra base hits? I think eleven extra base hits. That's fun. Twelve. He has twelve now with a six ninety two OPS. So I think the Red Yikes. Sox have won the Benintendi trade. Also, our left fielder Yoshida, pretty good. How how far removed can we get before like we're done with like the Red Sox one? I I've never Bennett. Okay, okay. the agenda forever. I hate, Coop. I hate pouring on Benetendi. He's a he has good memories ben. to him. Uh, I just feel bad for like the South Side, like selfishly because of Joe Kelly, but also like you talk about an organization where like we always talk about the A's in baseball or the Pirates and their ownership not caring about them. Jerry Reinsdorf cares too much about the White Sox. 
Dude, Benintendi's deal is their biggest free agent contract ever. <laughs> How the hell is that? 75 mil for Good Benny. for him. And that's that's, their biggest that's the American dream. How do you how do you watch that guy play for like seven years and say like, yep, seventy five million? This is the. I mean, this is the same organization guy. that signed Tony Larusa. Let's not Let's come on. People see. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not trying to. You know, pump my own tires. I never really liked Ben Tenney that much. I never got the hype. I didn't. He didn't do anything very well. I don't get it. Good looking guy. Fun there name. Is your girlfriend's school. favorite player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said, Gordo, some big moments like that catch. I know he's not a great defender, somehow has a gold glove. Not a great defender, but that catch against Houston in 2018, oh my God, all-time great catch. All-time. ALCS, what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, no, no. I picked up on that Joe Castiglione going for a little tumble. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. That's true. That was when he fell out of his chair. Yeah. And I've gone head over heels. (laughs) And then Benintendi had... um, I think this was against the Dodgers at Fenway in game one or two when he had the catch where he galloped. And yep. he had the green I was there for that. That was game two. That was cool. I mean, that wasn't, that was one of the best baseball photos I've ever seen. Shout Great out picture. to took that picture. That was, that was cool. But yeah, I just don't, I've never understood the hype for Ben Intendi. I just, yeah, at least he's good looking. Yeah. At least, and he's got money now. And he's probably friends with Joe Burrow. I mean, he's a huge Cincinnati fan, so I'm Big sure he can guy. find a way. Yeah, he can find a way to be friends with Joe Burrow. Joe Kelly, all the cool Joes are friends with all Benny. All the cool Butch Joes are friends. Oh, Benny Butch. Butt cheeks. A, now I'm just getting memories of 2018. Um, and that's, I, I want to pivot because we talked about Cassis earlier. We, the, the Red Sox get down the road. We hit September. They're in a wild card slot. Cassis is still puttering around doing what he's doing. Maybe not right now. Maybe a little bit better. Hopefully a little bit better. Are we doing the Sh- are we doing the Schwerber Dahlbeck thing again? Are we just are we gonna send Justin Turner out there every game? Like, is he just gonna turn into the de facto first baseman once the Red Sox hit like a playoff contention? No, just because he can slot in nicely at DH still. I think against lefties, I might sit Casas if it's a playoff situation or a high leverage game like that. But you don't really have much better options. And I don't think that's the type of situation you make a trade for. I also can't think of any difference maker first baseman um, that are available right now. I mean, we're very early. We're way ahead of when we should be talking about this. But it's fun anyway. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think it's that uh, dire of a situation. Yeah, Coop, that's a that's a really interesting. It's an interesting question because if you have to remember, like when this team gets healthy, like we're going to be in a spot where, like, obviously Verdugo is your right fielder, obviously Yoshida is your left fielder. Now, when Duvall comes back, hopefully June 9th, you're going to have Duran and Duvall. You know, probably probably platooning in that spot, but like those guys are both way too talented to platoon. I, I personally, I've liked what I've seen from Casas recently. Like the, his month of May has been pretty good. And I, I, I think that this isn't going to be something we're talking about at this point. But yeah, like if, if we're at that point and, you know, we're in September and his month of August, he's still hitting in the 100s, you know, not still striking out a bunch, all that stuff. Then, yeah, maybe maybe you play Justin Turner at first a bunch and you and you DH Duvall and Duran's your center fielder or like you just cut down the playing time a little bit, but I, I, I really don't think we're going to get there. I was actually pretty, I think Jake O'Donnell said this on Twitter, shout out Jake. Um, but he was very right. Uh, that Dave O'Brien today when Casas was up, I believe in his first at bat was talking about how he's like, st- they need him to get going. And I thought that was pretty unfair. Cause I think he has gotten going. I think there's a reason that while Turner's out, they feel comfortable with him hitting in the three slot. He's, had a good month of May, I believe, coming into – I had the stats up, I think, coming into yesterday. He had a 900 OPS in the month of May. So he's taking strides in the right direction. He's getting better. Like, he's a young player. This is what they do. I do think that by August-ish, like, we're going to we're gonna like what we're seeing from Casas. And I, I thought that was pretty unfair of O'Brien to mm-hmm. kind of point out that his batting average is in the 100 still, and so therefore he's not producing. He has been. Yeah. 
I agree. Um, not as important, but he's also a vacuum at first base. Um, maybe he blocks that Kike throw against the Cardinals if he's in there. That matters. I mean, we saw that. I know first base is probably the least important defensive position, hate to say oh, it. But we've seen it matter. <laughs> we've seen it matter. You guys remember Franchi or Dahlbeck who uh, missed the friggin' base? My head exploded like eight times because of first base defense last year. So, um, yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, Coop. It's a good question. I just don't think it'll get that serious. And, yeah, he's had a good month. I'm trying to find his uh, – So I'm looking at his month of May right now. His OPS would be, let's do some quick math because MLB app just wants to give me OBP and OP or in slugging, uh, 357 OBP, 468 slugging. We do some quick math on that. Someone help me out. Uh, that's going to be about three twenty ish. Currently for May, he has an 854 OPS per uh, baseball reference. So is that updated with today. May 21st? Not oh, going into today. today. No, mm. it's updated through uh, May 20th. So, I mean, one one game where he got, what, a single? One for four with a single? So probably it's not going to change very much. But that's a good month. He's having a good month. So he's trending in the right direction. Um, yeah, keep him, keep him out there. I'm not, I'm not in a rush to to move him anytime soon. Yeah, his looking at his April, it's he's got like a 400 OPS. He's doubled himself. Like that's Yeah. That is progress. His April is not good. The only position um outside of pitching that I think they might add would be middle infield, uh more specifically second base, assuming that when Story comes back, he'll be the shortstop, which sounds like the plan for the time being because just second base right now, obviously Pablo Reyes, one of the top five best players of all time, but he can't play every day. Kike has been very bad this year, both sides of the ball. Made a great play today, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he played good defense all series. Got to give him his props there. Last night. Nice play to get. um, Who was that? That play to end the game last night was pretty slick by Kike. He robbed Tatis at one point last night. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not trying to dump on Kike. I just haven't. Sounds like you're trying to dump on Kike. but But I think it's fair. I think it's fair. And then no, I think it's fair. Valdez is good against righties, but holy crap, that defense. What was that today? He injured himself trying to fill the routine grounder? <laughs> yeah, that was, that? That, that was tough. It happens to the best of us, man. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Literally stretch beforehand. I don't know what to tell you. He had a three-run shot yesterday. That was very pretty, so. Uh, I like Valdez. I've been I've been I've been very shocked by Pablo Reyes. I like Why? obviously it's like a small player. sample. He's the best player best to ever come to this organization. Yeah. Um Jeez. like obviously it's kind of like a oh, small sample size. He's gonna come back down to earth, whatnot, if we want to be the pessimistic. But you weren't expecting a start out of this like he's having. Like I would much rather have him have a hot start, much like Franchi Cordero, and maybe keep it going on like Franchi Cordero. But at least have something that you can provide every time that you're logged into that batting order. He's still probably gone when Yu Chang comes back, just because Yu Chang's yeah. oh yeah, nine, high ninetieth percentile, and he started hit for a little bit of pop. And we also love Yu Chang, so the fourth best player in the Red Sox organization. Yep, yeah. It's so if, weird. If Pablo Reyes is fifth, Yu Chang is fourth. Yeah, oh, I was saying so Pablo Reyes is best player in Major League yeah. Baseball, but that's okay. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. so Yu Chang fourth best player in baseball. Some something Ooh. like that, yeah. We're just loaded. Yeah. We are loaded on like decent, but not necessarily startable middle infield options. Like you got those guys, you got Valdez. Tampa Bay style. They have a bunch of guys they plug in depending on the, uh, who's pitching that day. I friggin' love it. It's so much just recently changed in the last month. My philosophy on lineups. Clearly I know nothing. I loved in 2021 how it was the same lineup. Every single day, same lineup. You knew who was hitting where, and then 2022 is a little complete bit complete opposite. And now this year, it's like mix and match, but it's working because the friggin' Heimbloom method takes time. And now we're starting to see it work with guys like Valdez. What a trade, by the way. Abreu's crushing it in AAA as well. The yeah, other came over in the Vasquez trade. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm loving the mix and match. Core's done a very good job about it. I've had a few complaints, but overall, loving it. 
So don't forget I, about Rob Refsnyder, the king of Robbie, lefty mashing. Robbie yeah. Casino. He's, he's the thing that fuels the merry. Now McFarlane fuels the merry-go-round, but Rob Refsnyder might help. <laughs> <him up here. laughs> I was waiting for Sammy to get that. <laughs> get it, get it. I get it. Robbie Casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I love the, the mix and match. Tapia, another great game for him. Two hits today. Uh, five out of six on stolen bases for Tapia. Best some- hair in baseball continues to stroke it. Um, spaghetti hair. Yeah, he, look, he looks okay. Good. That's um, what my girlfriend calls him, spaghetti hair. Spaghetti hair. I, I feel like he wouldn't love that one, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Good hair. Uh, I, I just had a thought, but spaghetti hair just completely <laughs> evaporated anything going on in my brain. Um, I, what? Tampa Bay Red Sox? Mixing and matching? No, I think mixing it might and matching. About spaghetti. Oh, no. Catch no, how he does Reese oh, against the broadcast. And- uh, I'm not sure it. I wasn't watching any of the Nesson broadcast because I'm broke and I can't afford that. So I listened to the radio broadcast as I should because it's free. And if you're in the Boston area, download the Odyssey app and listen to every WEEI Red Sox radio broadcast presented by Sean's and Star Market on the Odyssey app. Go ahead and download. Um, but did they keep bringing up Christian Vasquez? Because like Valdez was playing his mind out. He was doing well this series. And all I kept hearing Will and Lou talk about was just reevaluating the the Christian Vasquez trade, which Lou brought up a good point. He eventually put it to bed. He was like, hey, we'll never know if it's actually like a good trade or bad trade, whether it was good for the team that year or whatnot. But it's clearly working out right now. Like whatever ended up happening or not 2021, 2022. I don't even know if I just said 2021, but like I don't think at the time that trade helps the team the astros but no i mean obviously it helps the astros well it didn't really help the astros i mean he didn't do too much in the playoffs but caught a no hitter it it absolutely has helped this season like we haven't had any major issues with catching valdez is doing what you need him to do whenever he's plugged into that lineup another heim bloom success as sammy would say dude heim bloom i would love to have like a private conversation with Heim Bloom to be like, how good does it feel to see all these little wins? Kluber, whatever, can't win them all. But so many little wins he's had. The catching tandem, Valdez, Pablo Reyes, my guy. (laughs) So many, Tapia, Ref Snyder, calling up Duran. Kind of don't really get credit for that. I was about to say, you can't credit him with that. Close enough. Duvall was great. Turner's been great. I love it. Paxton, everyone was like, why would you bring him back for $2 million or $4 million, whatever it was? Why would you do that? He's not going to pitch. Well, he's pitching, and he looks good. Heim. Bloom. Heim? Heim. Heim. Heim Bloom. And All the Heim haters Heim. are going to hate this episode, I can tell you that much. It's been um, a good year for Heim. Part of the Bluminati. Do you... <laughs> I got to tell you. The Bluminati. I was I was skeptical of them at first. I can tell you that much, but I got to know them. Very lovely people, uh, very smart people. Uh, And they they got this new guy. They're calling him Jose Reyes, Pablo Reyes. I apologize, Pablo. Very good middle infielder. I guess this time Bloom can uh, really really do it well. Thank you, Coop. Oh, Kenley Jansen bounced back last night. Yeah, actually. Oh well, God! Well, he it didn't look he good. Saved, he got a save last night. He I wouldn't did. say he did he though. He did. I know <laughs> technically he did, but did he though? Are we concerned about him? I, I've no, heard. Um, no, I'm not. No, no, no. He will doing... bounce back. It didn't happen last night. He Dude, did not clo- look good, but he will be back. He will be. Closers fine. are the most fickle position in baseball. I wasn't going to say sports, but baseball. Like you hit a cold streak with a closer, it it's bad. It's yeah. Jackie, Bru- Jackie Bradley Jr. type bad. Like we saw that with Kimbrel, but we also know the type of pitcher Kimbrel was and what he could do for the Red Sox, especially in 2017. I'm not giving up on Kenley Jansen. Great. We've timing. seen what he can do this season. He's old. This this stuff happens. Sometimes you break down when you're old. You know? He's I, had this happen too. Like he's, he's I don't have a grandpa, but I would imagine this happens to him. Like yep. he's he's bounced back yeah. from these types of things so many times in his career. Like he's gonna do it again. Like he, I don't, I think even he would tell you that last night was not him bouncing back, but it, it's got to feel good to put up a zero, get a save, you know, shake yeah. hands after the dub. Like Step we'll see what right. happens next time he's out there. He gets a, gets a day off. So I, you know, he'll be rested. And I, I'm 
feel pretty confident he's going to bounce back. Same. And good timing on the West Coast trip, too. I feel like it's a little bit less pressure for Red Sox players on the West Coast, knowing that the viewership's probably a little bit lower. West Coast baseball doesn't have the same intensity as East Coast baseball. I lived out there for five years. Sorry, guys. Not close. It's a good good time for him to kind of work through the struggles. And I know he didn't look great last night, but step in the right direction is a step in the right direction. So we'll take it. That's 401 saves. And not just that. We're now, or the Red Sox are now moving on to the Diamondbacks and the A's. Well, the A's and then the Diamondbacks, Angels. respectively. Angels. Angels, sorry, Angels, Angels first of game. Anaheim. Yeah. Um, I just saw the, all those A's, and I just wanted to say A's, baby. A's. A's. Uh, so you're like to your point of it's West Coast baseball. It's chill. It's relaxed. It's about to become even more chill because unless Otani is pitching in one of these games, you're going to have an empty, yeah, today empty crowd. Absolutely empty crowd for him. So yeah. those will be the games, especially for maybe these younger guys, maybe these guys that have been straggling. Maybe they can put it together. You get some easy play, bottom of the barrel teams. It's what you need before, not really next week, but next week, Yankees for the first time. Dude, Diamondbacks are good, man. They're not. They're no joke. That was my, uh, that was my sleeper pick this year, and I'm liking them a lot. I think they, um, yeah, tw- same record. No, a game ahead of the rest of the 20. 27 and 20. Uh, they're pesky. Yeah, they're fast. They have good pitching. They got they're rid Zach of Gallon. They're pitching. They're... They got rid of an old pitcher who was underperforming. What a concept. Ooh, no, they a did. Concept. No, they small did. market teams can do that, not big market teams like the Red Sox. I would argue it should be the opposite. Hmm? He's, he's being sarcastic, kid. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, uh, I respect the Diamondbacks. I feel like that is a total show of confidence in the young guys that they were willing to just kick Bumgarner to the curb potential, maybe hall of famer, probably not, but close. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the diamondbacks. They're really good, but first it's the angels. I'm 99% sure we miss Otani Gordo. Can you we do? Yeah. He pitched, he pitched today. Hey, We've right. got, we actually have some somewhat favorable matchups. They got, uh, Berea in game one, canning in game two, Tyler Anderson, game three. Oh, I love those matchups. Anderson's okay, but those other two guys are lambs. Yeah, and the first first two are righties. Anderson's a lefty, so we'll see about that. But like they've hit lefties too, so they've crushed lefties. I'm like shockingly yeah. with a mostly left-handed lineup. God, I cannot believe that Story comes back. It's gonna be oh god, give me Trevor. Ah, fire me back, guys. Yeah. I think I just I think I had an epiphany. Gross. What? What is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to tell I think the Red Sox can hit second place by the end of June oh oh you doing some schedule math I'm doing some I'm doing some scheduling and well, what's the ranking like didn't we have like I'm the second or third in. hardest schedule in baseball up until yes. a few days ago like April April they had like the hardest schedule in baseball uh, but as we look ahead to June obviously they were we're doing the look ahead. All right. We're doing the look ahead. We did the the two end of the away series. Now we're doing the full look ahead into June because I'm feeling very optimistic. So they play Cincinnati starting things off right into Tampa Bay. They have a double header that first Saturday of June. Yeah, What the hell is that about a scheduled double header? Yeah, I don't like that. It's disgusting. And, rude. Um, and then they've got a pretty daunting road trip. They go Cleveland right into New York. Colorado, that will be nice and easy coming home to New York again at home after that. So they're playing the Yankees twice. That's, That's six tough. games against a division rival. And we can beat what, them. Remember what Story said? Uh, the hardest thing about playing in Colorado is it's not necessarily acclimating to playing there. It's when you come back and you're not oh, at home anymore. They're not going to Colorado. That they're, they're, they're at home against Colorado. They're at home against oh. Colorado. Ah, yeah. Easy money. Never mind. <laughs> so in total, they have... 11 games against division rivals. They've got four against Tampa, six against the New York Yankees, and then they end things with a single game in the last day of the month in Toronto. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I think I think they can do it. Yeah, I think they, they can steal a couple some, games there. Some Toronto Twins games, some White Sox, some Marlins. Yeah, no, they can they can they play a lot of they play division rivals and then a lot of these like you got Cincinnati in there, you got Colorado in there, you got White Sox in there, you got Marlins in there. Like those are winnable. Very winnable. Five five and a half against Baltimore, who then goes into ready? Ready? Are we ready? Because I'm not. I don't even have them up yet. Orioles month of June. Orioles month of June also a 
they have a pretty comparable schedule to the Red Sox. Probably their toughest task is going to be, yeah, Tampa, obviously, but they only play them for two games. Toronto for three games. They've got Seattle for three games. But they're playing a whole lot. They're playing half as many division rivals as the Red Sox. Um, So if the division games are going to be big, if they can pick up those series wins, I'm feeling confident about a Red Sox second place ending to June. Coop. Here's What's up? You didn't go over Yankees yet, right? I, I haven't looked at the the Yanks yet. Well, listen, listen to this. You're gonna oh, like so speak Yankees. to me about scheduling. Pull up, pull up that Google Calendar, baby. Off day tomorrow. Then the Yankees play at home versus Baltimore, three games. At home versus Padres, three games. Fly to Seattle for three games. Then the Dodgers in LA for three games. And the White Sox come. Then the Red Sox come to town, and then the Yankees play the Mets, and then the Red Sox, and then the Mariners, and then the Rangers. Holy oh, cow! Oh, that, baby. That, that might be they where can do a it. Nice the Sox can do it. Die. When do we play the A's? I'm dying to play the A's. Yeah, I feel like everyone gets to play the A's, but us. Save it. Save uh, the no, A's. No, well, game. MLB new rules. Everyone plays everyone in this great game. Oakland, July. You're going to get your wish. July 7th through 9th, they will be home against the Oakland Athletics. Oh, we get them twice. Anyone else? We get them who else? Yeah, the 17th, too. We get Oakland twice in July. Oh, That's huge. That is going to be great. You got to win at least five out of six of those. You get one, one mess up allowed versus Oakland. That's it. That's the only team I'd be like, two out of three. Are you kidding me? That's going right into the All Star game, too. Oh, they Ooh, play Oakland. Crazy. They put what is it? They play Oakland, and then they go into the All Star break, and then they come they out of the All Star break in Chicago, and then in Oakland. Yeah, which Chicago? White Sox or Cubs? Cubs. Ooh, beautiful. Don't matter. Don't matter. We're going to Chicago and we're winning anyways. Socks. Don't matter. On that note, now that we've bored you to death with uh, a whole bunch of calendar work, any final thoughts? I have a final thought. Now let's hear it. Just because we haven't touched up on it that much. Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber. Yeah, what about him? Is John Smoltz. Mm. John yeah. Smoltz. And he, in his time in Boston, he, so he was signed in 2009. And 2009. he was, he was injured when he was signed. Injured and they knew that. And then he, they were going to rehab him. And they were going to see what they had in him. He came back. He made eight starts for the Red Sox. He posted an 8.33 ERA and was DFA'd after the eighth start. Theo Epstein flew out to wherever they were to tell him in person, be respectful. Like he's a Hall of Fame pitcher, former Cy Young Award winner. Terrible broadcaster. Yeah, that's a whole separate. Hates the Red Sox. Now, let's fast forward to today. Now, we've got Corey Kluber on the Red Sox. He has now made nine starts. He's got a 6.26 ERA. And because only one of his five runs allowed today was earned it should be higher like he's been worse than his 626 era says he should be he also made the error that led to a lot of those runs yeah that's the rule. if the pitcher makes the error it should count toward it that's part of the game that's part of the yeah position. that's part of your performance as a pitcher ask greg maddox if fielding your position matter. mike musina it matters so yeah i hate that rule i was just talking to my friend about that it's so foolish and did his era what's it at now six it went down it went down to six two six. It went down today. He went two and a third, one earned run. If you wanna, if you wanna go by That's earned runs. Stupid. But yes, John That's... Smoltz had an eight start leash, and and they yanked him. Corey <clears throat> Kluber has now had nine starts, and and Alex Cora said today that he's going to make his tenth on Sunday in Arizona. Good. Luck. I just my Ten personal X. opinion. I was I was I was on the boat of. He's a Cy Young, two-time Cy Young winner. You paid him $10 million. Like, this is what you have to do. You have to at least a little bit ride it out. We are now nine starts in. We're getting towards the end of May. He does not have velocity. He can't locate. He's walking guys at a ridiculous rate. When he was the 99th percentile in walk rate last year, this year he was 50th percentile coming into a start in which he walked three in the first inning. So it's going down. velocity, second percentile. It's bad. 22nd, walk percentile, 50th. Yuck. It's just... Yeah. So what's the point? That's where I'm at with this. What, what is the point of continuing? Call for to his head. Do it. Have do it. Got starters. You've got call for his head. Shoulders. Do it. I'm, do I'm it. calling for it. Or at least. Oh, he's calling for his head. I'm calling for it. He's How breaking out the guillotine. 
We're in Boston Commons. We're, we're, we've got a whole crowd around us. We've got the riot. He can't be starting games for the Red. Like you're trying to compete. What? Or it doesn't even actually matter. You're either really? trying to compete or you're trying to develop. And starting Kluber does neither. Get the Cy Youngs. Big big prediction. We're gonna have the same conversation a week from today. We're gonna yeah. Go, yeah. Sox won two out of three against Arizona, but that last game, Kluber. How is he still on the team? Two point one innings. She got rocked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, it's gonna I, happen again. The Definition only of insanity. The only reason they're doing this is because they paid him a decent amount and he's a two-time signing. I get it. The Smoltz thing, you mentioned it. So I just hope it's over soon. I don't want I'm not rooting for the guy to fail. I hope he bounces back. I just don't see it happening. I we need to preface something because we did this with Ryan Brazier. We don't root no one roots for guys no. on the team that they root for to fail. We root for the team to succeed. Oh, and sometimes to me on Twitter, he's like, I hope I hope Xander goes off and just destroys the Red Sox. I'm like, Why? Why? I hate Why? the ownership. You you're not a fan then. Like you're you're like you you don't deserve to cheer. This is like the Jaron Duran. You're not with like I don't want to hear you when you're when we're winning or whatnot, he said after missing a ball in the twilight. Um But yeah, like I find that so weird and like this brings up our, our friend that we DM about sometimes or send tweets about sometimes where you're not allowed to be hopelessly optimistic. But there are points where like you have to be a realist about like your rooting interest. And it's kind of like, all right, we're going to have to sacrifice this one guy. And yeah, he's t- like, there's a lot more to a roster spot than just like playing baseball. Like it's a livelihood. But I just want my team to win. I, That's really where I'm all sorry. this comes from. I'm sorry. I just want my team to win. Okay. I, That's where we're at. To that point, and it's like Corey Kluber has plenty of money. He has plenty of access. Yeah, it's, this is it's the end of the road. Like, I hope he proves me yeah. wrong and goes on. There's the 29 pitch other teams that years. can also sign him and choose not to. Like, it's not it's not just on us. Like, we, Sammy, Sammy, I I want you to apologize for saying that. Oh, so for not wanting him to fail? Yeah, yeah. I want you to apologize for your apology. You want me to apologize for my, I don't think that makes sense. What did he apologize for that he's now apologizing for? I'm because so, we need to we need to set the president. We need to be the benchmark. We're not apologizing for guys sucking anymore. That's not on us. No, no. I don't think I, I don't think I did that. I you do didn't. Want, you I didn't. Do you want to say one thing to that point? Gentle golf clap for Pavetta. He was fine in his first sure. innings, one run, run. Okay, that's enough. All right, not too much. Gentle goal. Just the right amount. Good job, Nick. Keep it up. <laughs> final is that is that your final thought? Good job, Nick. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Hey, stop the count. No, I can't even do it there. Can't even do it there. He had one he had one good bullpen appearance. I can't say stop the count yet. Uh that's it for me. We'll be back probably Thursday. Thursday we'll probably be back. Oh, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Friday. Oh, yep. We'll be recording at some point again this week, but until then, like, subscribe. Thank you for listening to the Bradfoe Show and the Who Says No little tidbits that we get every once in a while. Tell a friend. It's it's fun to share podcasts with friends. I don't, Sammy. What's a what's a podcast that you enjoy? Don't say its name unless it's an Odyssey podcast. But just what's a podcast that you like? Uh, The one the one on Odyssey that I listen to all the time is so good. And oh was, man, thanks for sharing that with me. That's that's incredible. You know what? I'm I'm gonna listen to it. I might enjoy it. And the, hey, Sammy, I've been listening to this podcast. Or no, Gordo, sorry. You, I, I'm already done with you, Sammy. Gordo. Um I've been listening to this podcast that Sammy recommended. It's pretty, pretty freaking sick. It's an Odyssey podcast. I, I don't want to say which one, because he didn't want to say which one. Um I'll say which one I listen to. Oh, okay. Go give a listen to the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Oh, my God. Great Odyssey podcast. I might go subscribe. That's I think I'm going to go subscribe. If you subscribe to the Bradfoe Show, you definitely should subscribe to the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Oh, that's a, that's a wonderful idea. Subscribe because it helps us out. And you know what? It also puts the episode right in your phone so you don't have to go looking for it. That's all we're asking for. Um, go follow us. Sammy. Sammy? Sammy. Yes. Line. What's your at? Line. You're at- Fine. Oh, my at Heeb Hammer 94 on Twitter. Awesome. Go follow Sammy and uh, Gordo. Boston Sports Gordo. Hit me up. Boss Sports Gordo at. There we go. Let's go. Follow me. Let's go. And then, of course, at Coop underscore Leon. But more importantly, go follow 
the Bradfoe underscore show or BB isn't boring. That's what we love to do here. We love pumping our tires up. And until next time, we'll talk to you. This has been the Bradfoe show. And who says no? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.